I think so many people are coming in with information overwhelm, but I see it as my job to make nutrition and the body as accessible and digestible, so to speak, as possible, making it as simple as possible and really helping the client to understand why the recommended action steps that we're taking are going to support their goals. You thought it, but we said it. I'm Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach. And I'm Sam, a licensed therapist, and we consider ourselves mindset gurus. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think, but don't say out loud, how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out. We're bringing our expertise to the table to give you game-changing tips on how to shift your perspective. So let's spill the tea and get started. All right, we are back for another episode of Perspectively Yours. How are you doing, friend? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. It is now holiday season, so I am getting in the spirit. I already played Christmas music today. (laughs) What? That's exciting. We decorated our Christmas tree the day or the weekend after Halloween, so we have been in the Christmas spirit for a long time. (laughs) You know what? I feel like when seasons of life feel hard, when you celebrate holidays a little bit earlier, I feel like it helps alleviate some of that stress that's that's happening. And yeah. uh, we, I normally await till after Thanksgiving, Christmas or like uh, movies, music, decorating, the whole nine yards. But I, I'm needing a little bit more holiday spirit. So yeah, you know, I've are. seen, and we don't need to go into this anymore after this. But I have seen a lot more people just jumping into that. And I think that that's why is people are like, this makes me happy and it's hurting literally nobody. So I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, today we are going to talk to my friend Lindsay today about functional nutrition coaching and mindset and kind of the role that mindset plays in making health changes, which we both know already that that is definitely the case. And Lindsay works with people one-on-one in this capacity, and I thought it would be so great to chat with her about that. So Lindsay Conway is a functional nutrition counselor and health coach with over 10 years of experience and training from thought leaders in the field of functional medicine and nutrition. Since 2012, Lindsay's helped people who are seeking health changes how to make the most of their food choices and lifestyle habits so they can feel good, achieve their health goals, and make changes that last. Through one-on-one coaching and online courses, she teaches people how to practice taking care of themselves in a way that can activate the body's healing process on a deep cellular level. Welcome, Lindsay. How are you? Thank you. I'm very well. I'm excited to be here and talk with you guys. We are so excited to have you. We have worked um, together a little bit in Beauty Counter, and then we also both took a mindset and leadership course together, the certification program rather. And so we've had conversations about, I feel like almost anything other than nutrition. And so I'm excited to bring you here to talk a little bit more about that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, actually, before we get started, I just thought about this. This is three for the price of one of Mindset Gurus. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, wow, it's a trifecta. Exactly. What a panel. I can't wait. It's going to be so awesome. Can you give our listeners an overview of what functional nutrition is and how it differs from other approaches of nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. So functional nutrition is really a healthcare approach that is all about supporting and educating people about their bodies. And in that way, helping to empower them to really understand and make the diet and lifestyle changes that are going to help them feel their best and really move the needle toward their health goals, so to speak. And it really focuses on understanding, you know, a person's unique health history and their unique needs. So it's really going beyond traditional views and seeking to understand the whole person that's in need of care. Um, I think there are a few like defining concepts about functional nutrition that set it apart. You know, one of them is the concept of bioindividuality, which I'm sure you all have heard of that concept, mm-hmm. bioindividuality, but really just in essence saying that we're all unique and we all have, you know, different genetic makeups, different lifestyles, environmental exposures, and really recognizing these differences in people, which then, you know, helps us to really get personalized with diet and lifestyle strategies. So that's one way that I think it really sets it apart. And then root cause resolution, I think that's a buzzword these days, but that's a really like a founding principle of functional medicine and functional nutrition. And that's really about asking why, like, why are these symptoms happening in my body instead of just what's happening? And this really helps to, like, when we're asking why your symptoms are showing up, this really helps us to get to the roots. We say roots because there's really often more than one root. It's not root cause resolution. There's usually more than one. And so we're really digging deep to understand the underlying physiological imbalances that are happening in that person's body to help bring it back into balance and support more long-term health. I was going to ask you, the first thing that comes to mind when hearing you talk is not taking what you're told at face value Mm. is really kind of the feeling I get when thinking about functional medicine in particular. Would you agree with that statement that it's more so or gives more power to challenging the more general answers I think many of us get from doctors or nutritionists? I would definitely say that that is true. Like that is my personal journey into functional nutrition is really not being content with the solutions and the answers that I was being given within the medical, you know, the more conventional medical model. So yeah, I would agree with that in some, on some level. What kinds of things do you do to discover what the root causes are for people? So we're really looking at, first of all, we're using a few frameworks. So um, that are, I was specifically taught within my functional nutrition training and One of them, so these are sort of systems that really help us organize a client case and really get clear about what's happening within their bodies. And so in this way, like 
we're looking at their story. So we're really getting clear about their health history and like what is in their family history that we may be working with. What are the triggering events that happened in their life that kind of tipped the scales toward imbalance in their body? And then also identifying like regarding those symptoms, like where are they actually falling within the systems of the body? Are they dealing with digestive issues? Are they dealing with immune imbalances? Are they dealing with hormonal issues? So really using this these systems as a way to really get organized and focused on what we need to do first and foremost to make the biggest impact. Do you feel like that's difficult for your clients to go through that deep of a health history? Or is it like relief that somebody is actually listening to all the things that they have to say and really digging deep on on everything? That's a great question. I would say that over the past three months, every single client that has gone through my health history process has said, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and to really try to understand what is happening for me. So I think that there is like a, I think that that's something that people are craving. They're wanting to be seen. They're wanting to be understood. And they're just not finding that in many places. When you say tipping the scale of that triggering event, what kinds of triggering events might you be referring to? What could tip the scale? Yeah, so I'll use my own life as an example. But, um, you know, so I think back to the years 20, the 2006, really through 2011 for me, where I was graduating college, had an unexpected death of my father. Uh, moved overseas. I had all of these really big life stressors that like tipped the scales toward my health crisis. So those are, you know, divorce, loss of a parent or child, uh, job loss or changing jobs, the COVID-19 pandemic, all of these kinds of big life stressors that could be initiating or like provoking the onset of symptoms, but also, you know, Things like childbirth, like infection, living overseas, you know, I was potentially exposed to all kinds of new pathogens. So there are all sorts of examples of what might tip the scale. So when I am working with a client, I, because I'm a licensed therapist, and when I'm working with a client, we often think about, talk about those major life events as well that those are are typically the initial presenting problem of of what is happening. So I'm curious, I mean I can understand it from a from a mental health perspective, right? So how might that impact someone from a nutrition and um physical symptom perspective? So thinking about, you know, stress and the ways in which it's going to impact the nervous system, and then therefore the digestive system. And so knowing that this might be a point in time when the digestive system began to go awry. And so really like from my perspective, just recognizing, oh, this is something that happened in this person's life. What might've happened physiologically? And then what is still presenting itself And then what can we do to bring in support for that with food or with some other lifestyle factor? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I was going to say, I love that you said that because I think we often treat symptoms and this 
to me seems more conventional where we treat symptoms very isolated. Mental health is isolated from digestive, is isolated from uh, a major life event. Let's just use the pandemic, for instance, right? When the, the truth is they're really all connected and interconnected where they impact our entire body as a system. And mm. it's not a matter of solving for one, it's how do we treat the whole person? Is that how functional medicine really kind of differs from more conventional? Absolutely. Really recognizing that the body or the systems don't exist in a vacuum and that when one thing is insulted, so to speak, that has implications elsewhere. Mm, I love that. And I wonder how many people will actually challenge their practitioner or their provider when they're given a prescription or given a recommendation that that really only reaches one of those. Is that more common that folks will challenge that or that they'll just kind of take the prescription and run? You know, I think that so much of the work that I do in that you know, most functional practitioners are aiming to do is to really provide strong client education that Mm -hmm. empowers them to do that and that empowers them to ask those questions. Um, But I think without that understanding and that education that brings that empowerment, I don't think that they're inclined to do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that any of us I mean, most of us are raised that like the doctor knows what they're talking about. And so we just go in, but like the pattern or the the way that that system works. And it's not as though I don't go to the doctor and seek help from there, but it's like you present with symptoms and they provide a solution and there's not really a root cause. There's just no root cause searching for it most of the time. Yeah. And I don't remember who said this, but I've heard it a lot that, you know, the medical model now is really set up for acute care. Like it's really meant mm-hmm. to deal with like crisis. But what we're dealing with is like chronic crisis. We're dealing with chronic health issues. Um, and it's just really not set up at this point to deal with that. Yeah, that makes so much sense because that's what I use the medical model for is I use it for acute situations when I know like this really is something that I need to go seek antibiotics for or um, sometimes my kid needs breathing treatments or things like that. Like I know when it's time to go, but it's not somewhere that I would go with like say a lasting gut issue that like this is a recurrent issue and like I need help here because I already know the answers that they're going to give me and those aren't the answers that I want. So right. um, I love that. I love that distinction between medical model is more for acute care and not really for like chronic. Uh, what did you call it? Chronic, chronic like, health conditions. Yeah, chronic yeah. health conditions. Yeah. So within the realm of functional nutrition, How do you see mindset playing a role in the success of people making those sustainable health changes? Because I imagine this, a lot of this can feel like it's turning their world completely upside down. Um, How do you see mindset playing a role there? Yeah. You know, when I first got started, I was like so excited to help people and to just give them the information that I was learning about how to feel better. And I quickly started to learn that I could hand someone the most perfect laid out plan 
And they were still coming to me at our next session, not following through on that plan or falling off of that plan and just really not being able to stick with it. And so it just really punctuated for me that mindset is like almost more important than the life, like the diet and lifestyle changes. It almost feels like it is the foundation that has to be in place first and foremost in order for people to be able to like stick with health changes. Um, I think that a lot of people just don't have a belief in their ability to change and like really needing to dive into that and help them build their belief. And, you know, mindset tactics in terms of like, you're going to face challenges, there are going to be roadblocks. And how do we build resilience around that? How do we overcome obstacles? You know, like, even just their mindsets around food in general, and like exploring thoughts like, you know, within my scope of practice, because I'm not a licensed therapist, we just kind of bring awareness to things like, and noticing that you're using the word guilt a lot and just kind of bringing more awareness around how they're thinking about food and what needs to be addressed there. And I would say really helping people like shift their mindset from short-term fixes to long-term solutions is like one of the most pivotal mindset shifts that people need to make in, in like the realm of making health changes. So I really have found it in, you know, the like 10 years that I've been doing this, I've really found that if the mindset piece is not there, then you can have the best laid plans. And more often than not, it's not going to be easy to sustain. Yeah. When I have a client and I, I talk about this quite a bit, when you have someone who shows up to your office every week, but doesn't believe in therapy, doesn't believe that it's going to work doesn't believe that change is going to happen. Some people believe I have a magic wand and I can fix all the problems for them. When yes. in reality, it's me doing the facilitating, it's them doing the work. And the expectation is not always clear to them when they come that the work is on them. The work isn't on me. I can help challenge conversations and insight and perspectives and point out differences in their thought patterns, et cetera. But if I have someone who doesn't come every week, who comes every week and doesn't have the buy-in, there's no client. And what we know is that change is hard and change is hard, particularly around food, around alcohol, any of those more, um, I would say like the the habits that we have on a, on a more daily basis, because it's it's requiring so much awareness to challenge that. So I wonder for you, what do you see successful clients do differently? than your unsuccessful clients? I think being open to exploring how their mindset is playing a role in their action or inaction. You know, Alexis, some of the things that we learned in our mindset and leadership coaching, just really getting clear about how certain thoughts trigger certain emotions and then those emotions trigger, you know, what they're doing or what they're not doing. So I would say that the most successful clients within this mindset piece are the ones that are open to exploring their mindsets, but are also embracing some of those truths, like you just said, Samantha, about, you know, change is hard, you have to do the work, they don't shy away from that. And they really try to lean into it. Yeah, and I would bet that there's a confidence piece too, in even if I don't do it perfectly, times one, two, and three, I can still redeem myself on time four, five, and six. And the idea that 
we don't have to give up or throw in the towel or think that we're not successful because we struggle. Absolutely. And really like identifying that that struggle is a sign that we're making progress and that Mm -hmm. we're trying. So yeah, really having those like uh, kind of what I call resilient mindsets are I think what help set people up for success around any change. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is imagining the person who just gives up right at the beginning when, well, I can't do this all perfectly. So I guess I'm just going to walk away versus the person who's like, I didn't get it right this first time, second time or third time. But I know if I keep trying, I can get there and I can change like having that growth mindset versus the fixed mindset of this is just how it is, is so huge. Yeah. I feel like I want to say one more thing, Samantha, about what you said in regards to people coming in with the expectation that you're going to fix them. There's one of my functional nutrition mentors has the most beautiful quote, and I'll see if I can find it. But like, I really do see that that is a strong expectation of so many people where like they're just putting themselves into the hands of people or practitioners and being like, okay, fix me. When in reality, it's like, They have to take that ownership over their everyday lives. You know, when we're talking about health and food, like they're the ones making the food. They're the ones making their food choices. They really have to take that ownership in order for changes to be successful and last. That's like when I put on my gym clothes and even if I don't get a workout in, I think that I'm going to lose weight just because I have my workout pants on. And I may be sitting in my workout pants right now and my sports bra that I never used to sweat in today. It's the same concept. (laughs) If you you all needed a visual. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh man. Nutrition can be really complex, um, especially when you're thinking of the bio-individuality of your clients that you're working with and they might need really significant changes. Um, how do you balance like those really complex scientific aspects of nutrition with the practical, actionable steps for clients to take? That's a great question. And I think so many people are coming in with information overwhelm, but I see it as my job to make nutrition and the body as accessible and digestible, so to speak, as possible, making it as simple as possible and really helping the client to understand why the recommended action steps that we're taking are going to support their goals. And then I think, you know, part of the process is really about collaborating with clients and figuring out the goals or the next steps to take that they can have a strong like agreement to that is a strong yes, so that they're really in on the goal setting process instead of me just saying, here's what you're going to do. They're really um, a part of that. We're always working together to figure out like what is going to be achievable for you that can build your confidence and that can move the needle. And I think too, just like focusing on, it's really, I really emphasize focusing on small steps instead of overwhelming, like, you know, a complete overhaul of a diet or lifestyle. It's really about like setting the client up for success by focusing on small manageable adjustments. Which makes sense with what you said before of moving away from those short-term goals and looking looking more at long-term like 
changing your outcome long-term versus just having short-term success, like a long-term recovery almost is kind of what you're looking at with people dealing with chronic um, chronic issues. So that makes sense to like not overload somebody with so many changes all at once and just know that like we can take our time and move the needle even with these small things that feel more actionable for people to get started on. For sure. I always tell people that their body more often than not did not start expressing this imbalance overnight. It took a while for that imbalance to build. And it might take a while for it to begin to repair and come back into balance. Do you feel like there's a lot of impatience that you have to work through with clients with that, that they are really expecting that they will end up with a quick fix? Or do you think that they're already prepared for that long term? When I first started practicing, I really noticed that a lot of people were just not coming back. And as I explored and asked why, it was like, well, I didn't experience changes as quickly as I thought I would. Or, you know, there is like a strong impatience, I think, because there's such a strong belief that there is some magic solution out there and they just haven't found it yet. And so over the last year, I've really set the stage in the beginning. Like I have all of my one on one client sessions, the first two sessions our foundational sessions that set this expectation from the beginning before we even talk about any sort of diet or lifestyle change the mindset piece comes first and i'm really speaking into these things that you know these are the winning mindsets for you to embrace as you start embarking on this journey and these are the mindsets that are going to help make you more successful that has to set everybody up for success when you start by laying the foundation and laying the expectation of there's going to be struggle. Your brain is going to push back against this and it's going to be long term and you might not, you know, it might not be what you were expecting, but this is the expectation of like, we can expect that this is how your brain is going to function while you're working through this before even getting into any of the diet changes. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like we're having deja vu because um, one of our previous guests, Rose, also talked about this in her health coaching, where she spends the first half of the course talking about mindset for the Mm. exact same reason of setting that expectation, setting that boundary, really, not only for her, but for her clients so that there's an understanding of what is expected of them. And, you know, as we're talking through this, I... I can't help but think that if everybody started whatever it was they started with the expectation that there's going to be struggle, it's going to take time rather than all of the inaccurate messages we get flooded with regularly about quick fixes, whether it's diet pills or Ozempic or all kinds of things, even in you know a work setting, you're going to be hitting the top tier or you're going to be a manager in five years, what's your two-year plan? What's your five-year plan? And while those things are a couple of years out, I think almost instantly we're thinking of two years as in tomorrow, Mm -hmm. right? We want those results tomorrow. We wanted them yesterday. So we got to work faster, but we don't want to do the work. We want someone else to do it for us because then that would require us (laughs) to change our habits. 
Yes. Yes. What is it, Alexis? We learned about this. I think it's called linear optimism. Mm -hmm. Where you just think like, if I do these things, it's just gonna, I'm just gonna go up from here. But like, it's just not how really most things work. And doing the work is really the only way to make progress. I love that linear optimism. Yeah. (laughs) You just think it's just gonna go straight up all the time. And when in reality, it's like, up, down, up, down, up, down, and like slowly going up, but it's not just a straight shot to the top. Yeah. I, um, I used after pregnancy, postpartum, I, I started using Noom more so for my own awareness of what I was eating or not eating. Um, as Alexis likes to point out (laughs) where I have gaps in the food I need to be eating more of. But they create actually a visual because with this weigh-in that you do every day, and it's not for me, it's not so much about the number. It was more about watching the line go up, down, up, down, up, down, and getting frustrated, right? And I'm someone who who understands this concept and still feeling that frustration of why is it not getting any better? Why is it not making a change? What am I doing wrong? And sometimes I don't even think it's that we're doing anything wrong. Sometimes I think we just need to give our body an opportunity to catch up with us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're about wrapping up for time. So I'm wondering if you have any last parting words that you would like to leave everybody with today. You know, what I've been thinking about most lately is like really one of the most important and kind of beautiful things about this whole process of functional nutrition and client education and just learning more about your body is really that it just opens the door to such a deeper level of self-awareness. And that that alone is such a strong win that will pay off forever if you really keep digging in and embracing growing in self-awareness. I think that it's hard to make any sort of sustainable change without being aware of how what you're doing or what you're eating is affecting your body and your mind and your spirit. And so even just the act of beginning to bring more awareness and self-awareness around your diet and your lifestyle and how it's impacting your body is huge and a great first step in making health changes. I actually had one last question as we were we were talking. What does the client that comes to you look like? What are they looking for? Is there, do you serve a specific population? Are they struggling with other health issues? Are they looking to manage their weight? Like who's coming to see you? Yeah. So a little bit of all of the above, it's largely women. Many of them are dealing with multiple health issues, hormonal issues, weight issues, fatigue, digestive issues. And they've tried everything under the sun, and they are unable to make the kind of progress that they're hoping to make. And the majority of them are coming with this like deep-seated desire to just be their their moms, mostly a lot of them are older moms or grandmothers. And they're just like, so desirous. I don't want to say desperate. They just want so badly to be their best for their children and their grandchildren and to create memories. So they are dealing with these health issues, but like underneath their like reason for coming to me is like to unlock something inside of them that they know exists, but they just cannot figure out how to unlock or release. 
It's so beautiful. I don't even have the words to describe it, but there are always a lot of tears from them when they uncover why they're seeking these changes for themselves. Well, thank you very much. And I want to just make sure that our listeners know where they can find you. Sure. So we have a website where I do a little bit of blogging at nourished at www.nourishedfood.co.co. And I'm on Instagram at nourishedco. And that's largely where I where I hang out. And so if somebody wanted a consult with you to work with you, they would go, can they go to either your website or your Instagram? What would be yes. your preference? They can go to the website and book a free discovery call. And they can also do that through Instagram as well. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure to include all that in our show notes. Well, thank you guys. This was a treat to get to talk with you. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for coming. This was awesome. All right. Well, we will chat with you again another time. We'll talk to you later. See you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 or 911. Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these three effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important, never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable, and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively Yours. Before we let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand, and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20. Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms. underscore Samantha Kehoe and Alexis dot the nourished beginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned. Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love. 